Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Sometimes we just get out of sorts. We know something inside of us is, is not, not quite right. I always like to say I'm feeling discombobulated. Maybe we don't feel peace in our heart. We're agitated or maybe confused or, or anxious. Maybe we don't even know why we're in this state. Oftentimes when we're like this, we get irritable. We're even a little angry. We're just mad at everybody. You know, just a little bit angry, on edge. Maybe we feel resentful, and we don't even know why, not for any particular reason. Another way that we might be out of sorts is maybe we're a little depressed. There's no light or color in our world. And we don't care, really. You know, nothing really matters. Nothing's important. We don't have any feeling for anything. Everything's just kind of, you know, a mumble. We feel empty. We don't have any sort of awareness, no fear, no reverence for life. Nothing seems real. It's just all surreal. There's no consequences to life, to our choices. Doesn't matter. Do whatever. You know, we don't care. Sometimes, when we're out of sorts, maybe we feel a void, an empty space inside of us, something that's crying out to be fed, and we find ourselves going around, you know, trying to find something to fill that hunger, that empty void, we grab whatever's close at hand, no matter how base it might be, we just grab it and try and stuff it in, go on some sort of a binge sometimes, we act like irrational beasts of nature, just hoarding things, grasping at things, taking, trying to fill the void. We just stuff stuff into ourselves. Stuff just makes us sick in the end. Whether it's lust, gluttony, vanity, shopping sprees, inordinate affections for temporal things, obsessiveness over, you know, otherwise benign activities, hobbies, games, entertainment, even relationships with people. We're out of sorts in this way, too. There's another way we can be out of sorts that we all can relate to. There's many ways that we can sort of be out of sorts, but whatever the cause and whatever the particularity of our distemper, we know something's not right. Something's not right. We're out of sorts. Unless, of course, you've never experienced when everything is right, then maybe you don't know that condition of being out of sorts. Maybe you think that's normal, and I suppose there are people in this world who are in that condition. But in contrast to these states of distemper I have described, there is a state of mind where all is well. Now this state is not provoked by good circumstances. That's important to note. In fact, quite often we can be in a distemper when everything is perfectly fine. And we can be in a place of peace when our circumstances are very difficult and challenging. But the state of peace, we know, stands out in stark contrast to a state of discord. 
Once you find that state of peace, we are warned that we must guard it with every ounce of energy we have. In the state of peace, all is well. This feeling of all is well, even when not all is well. There is confidence in this place, not insecurity. Insecurity often comes from shame, but there's no shame because our conscience is clean in a state of peace. And so we have confidence, we have boldness before God. And this translates into strength, into power even, which translates into security and stability. In this frame of mind, there is no room for unholy fear. We are at peace. There's no fear because we realize when we're in this state that there is no external force or circumstance that has the power to take this blessedness away from us. When we are there, when we are there, we know that. When we are not there, we can forget this very quickly. Which brings us to another defining quality of this blessed state of mind. And that is um, clarity. Clarity. Something I cherish very much is clarity. We have this interior brightness, a sharpness. We know who we are. We know where to walk, where to go, what we're to be about. We have knowledge, a sense of direction and purpose. We see clearly the truth of things. Along with this clarity, there's a sense of alertness, a sharpness, a wakefulness, a sense of being prepared and ready for something. We even feel within us even a holy aggression. You know, that sort of like the horse standing ready to try to charge out of the gate. We're ready to go on the offensive. You know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We're ready to go after something, to buy the field or build the tower, conquer the enemy. I always felt I could make it through a very difficult circumstance, whatever the case may be. I've had my own difficult circumstances in life. But if I had clarity in my spirit, I was ready for anything. I didn't care. You know, good times, bad times, it didn't matter. It's all a win-win with clarity, with a sense of clarity and peace. Ignorance is darkness, causes us to just wander in circles, go down dead-end paths. We end up in very dangerous environments down these alleys. But knowledge is clarity. And vision of all that is good and true and beautiful, this draws us to God in strength, with confidence, and a sure hope. When we're in this place of clarity, it's also a great and tremendous help in resisting temptation. You know when you're weak, to temptation, and when you're strong against temptation. When you're weak, it's because you're in a place of darkness. You don't know what's what. You can't see clearly the truth of things. But when you're in a place of clarity, things are very obvious. When the wicked queen comes along and offers you Turkish delight, it doesn't appear delectable to you when you're in a place of clarity. It's putrid. It's disgusting. It's rotten. It makes your stomach turn. You're like, I have no interest in that. Because you can see things as they are. And you turn away from it immediately. Because you're in the light. Because you are close to Jesus. Because you are close to Jesus.
If we are in our right minds, now if we're in a distemper, we are by definition not exactly in our right minds. That's the definition of not being in your right mind. Although, even in that state, most of us hopefully have enough knowledge to recognize what is best for us, what is possible, and to help us further when we're in a place, when we're out of sorts, in a distemper, there is the preaching of the Word of God, the preaching of Jesus Christ, which I am doing this morning, which the Holy Spirit uses to awaken us and draw us back to God and back to our right mind. So we all have an opportunity But back to the sensible thing. If we are sensible, if we are in our right mind, we will desire to be in that state of peace and clarity and to not be in a state of distemper and out of sorts. We will want the light of knowledge and confidence. We will want the joy of the Lord. Well, how do we find our way back there if we've lost it or if we're searching for it? How do we find our way? Before I answer that question, I want to say there are many people today, and perhaps at all times, who suffer from mental health issues caused by environmental and physiological conditions. There are those who are suffering from grief, abuse, even chemical imbalances in their own bodies, hormones. Many things can influence our state of mind. There are times when medication and more intense therapy is needed to address these conditions. That being understood as a condition of our fallen human experience, what I'm about to say is still applicable to everyone, wherever we fall on that spectrum of those experiences. In other words, whether a person needs medication or therapy beyond what confession provides, confession does provide therapy to us, or whether they suffer from an acute disorder or condition, what I'm about to say still applies to that person in their condition. It does not preclude, though, some of these other treatments that they might need. Okay, so that's my caveat. When I find myself in a state of any of these varietal stages of distemper, and I mentioned three or four if you noticed, because this temper can be brought on by different things. And let me say, I have experienced the state of peace and clarity enough in my life to know that it is far preferable to the state of distemper. I mean, I, I am not the brightest person in the world or the most virtuous, but I am not so stupid that I don't know that it is better to be happy than not be happy. When I'm out of sorts, when I'm irritable, angry, insecure, obsessed, and in hungered for temporal things, confused, wandering in circles, presumptuous of God's mercy, careless, lazy, what is the first thing I do when I'm in this state of mind? What is the first thing I do when I'm a Tao to tell you my secret, what I do? I go have a snack. That's what I do. I go find something to eat. I tricked you. I go eat something. Or maybe I go buy something. Or I go take a nap. I sleep it off. Or maybe I 
Maybe I eventually, if that doesn't work, I look for somebody to blame. Yes, that's what I do. I look for someone to get mad at, to blame for my unhappy state of mind, and I begin to play the victim. I pity myself for how I'm not being treated fairly or loved or taken care of or respected or whatever the case may be. As you might guess, all of these approaches that I usually immediately try right after trying the cookie, <laughs> they do not solve my problem. In fact, what they do is they further, further perpetuate my condition. They just dig the hole deeper, make the pain more acute, make the darkness darker. So then what do I try? Do I try another tact? No. At first, I just complain even more. I sharpen my arguments and my case against everybody. Maybe I ramp up my search for the perfect delicacy to satisfy my hunger pains. In my case, I go to Wegmans and I get foie gras. <laughs> like if I'm really in a distemper, I go for the foie gras and stinky cheese and Chateauneuf du Pop. That's the woman knows I'm in trouble when I come home <laughs> with those things. Now, this frame of mind can last hours, days, weeks, and it can get serious. Now, thank God, sometimes, honestly, it only lasts minutes, and sometimes seconds. There's the brass ring. Sometimes. It just lasts seconds. But eventually, I can say, eventually, I have always come to my senses, to some degree or another. And it becomes clear what I must do. Because it becomes clear to me, eventually, why I'm in the state I'm in. A state of distemper lacking peace and clarity. And it is a very simple reason. It is because I cannot see Jesus, because I am not close to him. And it really is that simple. Even though it's often complex, it really is that simple. When I'm close to Jesus, despite whatever difficult circumstances I may be in, despite the grief of this life I might be enduring at that time, which is always with us. When I am close to him, there is light, and I am in the light. There is peace in my heart. Despite these things, there is clarity and strength and confidence and freedom and joy. Along with this realization, along with this realization that I need to be close to him, at the same moment, in the very same thought, I know that there is only one power and one force in this world, and this is really the revelation that must come. There is only one power and one force in this world that can keep me from being close to Jesus Christ, and that is me. That's the revelation. It's no more the blame game. And I know what I must do. I must stop looking for somebody to get angry at. I must stop looking to temporal things to make me happy. There is one thing for me to do, 
and that is to repent. You're getting some good old-fashioned Christianity this morning. I must stop looking to temporal things to make me happy. I must repent. And not just confess my sins. Oh, we know that. Uh, We go to confession and we confess. We know when we're really repenting and when we're just confessing. It's a struggle, you know. It's it's, It's on a scale. It's on a scale. To really repent and to run to Jesus Christ and to really call out to Him for mercy with desperation and sincerity of heart. And whenever I do this, every single time I'm 52 years old, every single time, it has worked. He has drawn close to me. He has drawn me close to Him. The cloud has lifted Clarity is flooded in light and peace and strength and joy. And I know where I am again. The scriptures, just every word just pops off the page. Every word becomes a portal into the eternal kingdom. Sometimes it's so much you can hardly stand it. Instead of going through the prayers and mass and you, you know, you've been thinking about the pot roast or whatever and it's over, and you're like, well, where, what, what was that all about? I missed it all. You know the difference, right? <laughs> Isn't it a beautiful thing to be so close to God? He's so present. At Lessons and Carols, just this recently, I, I don't know why this happened or anything, but I, I can't explain. I don't like sharing this, but if it serves a purpose, then I'll share it. But I was so overwhelmed with affection and love for our blessed mother in a way that I I can't hardly explain. I was just overwhelmed with affection, deep affection and love for her. That ever since that night, like I can't hardly get through the Angelus, you can't see me without, without bursting into tears. Like it's not just the Angelus, you know, we say the Angelus all the time, you know, you can just kind of go through the prayers But it's just so, she's just so present to me. I mean, what a joy that is to live in that place. I don't live in that place, but I want to. We continue to make bad choices. That's why we don't live in that place, most of us. Well, every time I've done this, every time I've come to realize that my lack, my hunger, my irritation, my anger... All of it points right back to me, despite what others are doing to me, despite my chemical imbalances, despite all these other factors. I've drawn close to Christ and He to me, and I've found, again, that place of peace and strength and joy. It's always happened when I stopped blaming other people and stopped thinking about myself terms of feeding myself or pitying myself and began to allow the Holy Spirit to correct me and heal me and deliver me. Now, I've not mentioned anything about our gospel lesson this morning, but in closing, I just want to say that it was the gospel which inspired these thoughts. It is John the Baptist 
which levels the mountains and fills the valleys, and he makes straight the crooked paths so that we can come to Jesus Christ. John the Baptist's call is a call for repentance, for true, deep, sincere repentance. This is the only way to find peace and joy in the kingdom of God. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.